The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. my fly up everyone relax this is dope up i'm charlie clausen i'm will anderson and michael do not cut that out <laughs> this podcast better start with charlie saying i just did my fly up all right that's a really actually a great tribute because we're recording this the weekend of la pod fest and it's the first la pod fest <laughs> that i have never ever been to uh which is it's it's really heartbreaking but unfortunately uh my life is also backbreaking at the moment and uh uh, my back uh, is absolutely no good, and it would have been terrible trying to get on a plane. It would have been a ridiculous idea. But if they, if there was, if the planes flew vertically, not horizontally, you could have probably gone. If you could have like gone on a tube, you know, like a vertical tube, and didn't have to sit down. I mean, I don't think it's necessary for the plane to be shaped in that fashion. I think I could just within down. the current plane shape. Like stand in, like they could put me in a pod inside the plane. The yeah, entire right. plane would not have to fly in a way that was against the laws of like aerodynamics, aerodynamics. just so I could be catered for standing up. You can actually literally already stand up on a plane. It's fine. It's not like being John Malkovich. I'm not sure which airlines you're flying on where they make you crawl on into your seat. You can stand up. So they could put me in some sort of pod, like some sort of like, you know, alien style. Well, that was what I was thinking in my head. I just put you in a little cylindrical pod and just had you floating across the Atlantic. Yeah. Well, that's what I could do. But like, but couldn't they just do that in the, like in the cattle class? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Like, is there not a chance that you could put me in where you put the pets or whatever and you could put me in like a pod? And they could have like a whole sort of like wall of pods or whatever. And you go in and you go into stasis for people with bad backs. But, you know, with people who Cryogenically like... frozen. Frozen in carbonite. Right. Yes. I'll see you off at the airport and I'll say, I love you. And you're like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but even that sort of idea, right, that you're in some sort of stasis pod for that period of time. Yeah. So it could be some combination. I guess they can't cryogenically freeze you, but it could be some sort of like... Susp- uh, suspended animation. Right. Or some vir- virtual reality pot. Okay. Right? So yeah, right. That so you so you're, just, you're, just, you're just on the field in the 2016 grand final again and again for 14 hours. <sighs> right. Imagine if the airlines offered a service where I could get on the plane, I get into a virtual reality pod, so I'm standing up the whole way so I don't have to like lay down, so I'm comfortable at the other end. Yeah. And the whole time while I'm in there, virtual reality, I think I'm playing in the AFL grand final. That'd be amazing. For 14 hours. Yeah. You'd pay extra for that. 100%. How much extra? We, 100% oh. extra. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, but you could do that with everything. Surgery, when you go to the dentist, they oh, just yeah. put the little virtuality goggles over you. That's a really good idea, Charlie. Now you're on stage, able... you're at Wembley, you're singing with Freddie Mercury at Wembley. I mean, virtual reality dentist, to me, seems like... And you could come out with Freddie That's Mercury That's the uh, spin-off to at Quantum Cop. <laughs> virtual reality dentist. <laughs> By day, he's a dentist. By night, he travels cyberspace. <laughs> virtual reality dentist. 
<laughs> well, maybe that's the hook, right? Yeah. Maybe uh, he's a, a dentist that comes up with the, like, he, he gets some virtual reality in because, like, you yeah. know, just to distract people while they're getting their, you know, their, yeah. their root canal he's a, done. He's a dentist, hobbyist, like, science hobbyist. So, like, he's, because he's a doctor, so he right. studies science. Well, he's always had an interest in science. So, uh, he's a child hobby prodigy. Hobby engineer. Yeah. He's a hobby engineer. Yeah, he tinkers. He grew up with, what's those things he used to get from Dick Smith? Scalectrics. Scalectrics, yeah. yeah. He was a master on the scalectrics. Always just building shit. Went into dentistry because it was a safe option. Yeah. But he's always been tinkering in his yeah. garage. Yeah, because his father was like, no son of mine's going to be an engineer. Right. You're going to be a dentist. Right, it's a family tradition. Yeah. Much like your father was going to pressure you into dentistry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's, his dream is more, you know, more universal. And I mean that in the sense that he studies the universe. Yeah. That he's interested in, you know, time and space and, you know, who we are. But in his dental practice, he starts, you know, kind of mucking around with some stuff, right? And he puts in this virtual reality thing. And what he discovers is that he can enter people's dreams and solve unsolved crimes. Ah, I love it. Virtual reality dentist. So he is a dentist engineer detective. <laughs> Why is he going in to solve crimes? I thought you were going to say is he can go into their dreams and work out what's ailing them and then using his intimate knowledge of human anatomy help them overcome their ailments. Well, I'm... Why is he solving crimes? Stay in your lane, to be virtual honest, reality dentist. The network I'm pitching to wanted a crime procedural. So I'm trying to jam the idea in, to be honest, Charlie. Virtual no. reality dentist CSI. Well, I know, because I think what the thing is in my vision of this was that everyone who comes into his dental surgery, they're like criminals of some kind. Right. And so the only way that he can solve the crime is to go into their dream. Why are they all criminals? He works in a prison. He's the prison dentist. Ah, oh, okay. All right. I'm with you now. He's the prison dentist. And uh -huh. the guy, the warden of the prison notices that, uh, you know, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of an egghead. He's a bit of right. a genius. Yeah. And says to him, like, maybe the dentist shows him some experimental technologies working in virtual reality. And he's like, yeah. well, you know what? We have some people in here who have never confessed to where the bodies are. Do you oh, think yeah. that you could use your virtual reality when you're fixing their teeth right. to find out where the bodies are. Now, that's a good point, right? Because you lure them in with the teeth fixing. Yeah. You offer them the <laughs> sweet teeth fixing. Because <laughs> you know what your criminals often have? Terrible teeth, Yeah, right? To be honest, I have terrible teeth. And so if I was like, if somebody said to me, we will fix up your teeth while you're in some sweet virtual reality, yeah. I'd be way up for that scenario. So you lure them in with that promise. And sure. then when you're inside the dream. So maybe he's got a partner. Maybe he's more your sort of... Like a dental nurse? No, no, no I mean who, the one who's kind of solving the crimes. Because you're right. Okay. It's a bit weird that the dentist is also solving the crimes. Yeah, yeah. So, Don't burn the steps. Let's yeah. like spread it around a bit. So he's got a partner, the one yeah. he's working with at the prison, yeah. who realises this might be the way okay. that he can so, solve right, the crimes. We fix it. Yeah. The warden is a background character. Yeah. The detective who's put most of these guys behind bars... Yes befriends virtual reality dentist, That's sees it. he's a bit of a genius. They have the same dentist. <laughs> but he's the one who sees the potential. And you know what? They, this isn't sanctioned. This is like, this is like an off-the-books operation. This is like, you know, there's, the time is running out. Right. The mayor's daughter's been kidnapped. Yes. And the guy's not saying where. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's a weekly procedural. So every week we'll create some emergency where he has to go in the head of somebody. But it's essentially quantum leap but with a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Tofop.
<laughs> but anyway, what I was saying was it's uh, the anniversary of uh, LA Podfest, and yep. you famously did one of the LA Podcast Last Festival shows with my fly open. With your fly open, yeah. And so I've started this show with my fly open in tribute to uh, LA Podfest. What are some of your memories? Best memories of LA Podfest? Well. For the last few years, it's been because I've had to do it between television records. So that meant I normally taped the TV show on a Tuesday night and then I'd get on a plane on a Wednesday and I'd be back by uh, Monday morning for my meeting. And so it was always a bit of a blur. Uh, I thought, uh, look, uh, Graham Elwood's uh, Batman, Batman, grumpy get off my porch Batman last year was was one of my absolute highlights. Because I do see Batman going that way. i got to be honest with you. I feel like that's the next step in... Like, Batman, to me, is a lot like Clint Eastwood in that you were like, yeah, that's what Batman would be like. Like, he's kind of a, you should do it by yourself. I'm a rich guy. Yeah. I've decided to fight crime myself. Yeah. You know? Get off my lawn type. Yeah. yeah. And the older those people get, the more likely they are to become sort of like conservative right wing. You know, there's too much crime in Gotham. Like Batman suddenly just ringing talk back radio all day, complaining about the crime in Gotham. Everyone knows it's him because of the voice. Yeah. So I, that for me, what about you? Uh, well, I would say it's, it's more of a, a personal recollection, but my first LA pod fest, uh, I've recorded a little podcast with Dave Anthony in his room and he introduced me to the Cronut. I'd never right. encountered a Cronut. This was before Cronuts hit Australia. Yeah. And uh, I think we ate it on air as we were recording. And I just remember that being like, I don't know I could ever eat anything as, as fantastic as this, a croissant and a donut together at last. Do you know what the interesting thing is? Until you've brought this up, I've never realized this, um, which is that our two favorite individual pastries... <laughs> were combined in the corner <laughs> because I love croissants. They're my favorite. It, without a doubt, like I probably eat like 10 croissants a week. And, <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like, if you were in the mafia, you'd be 10 croissants, Will. 10 croissants, Anderson. I love croissants. And I, I had like, one this morning. I have a bit of a map. Me too. And that's how I get through 10 a week. <laughs> but for me, they're a weekend. They're a, I, I, so, so my, when, when I grew up, our family would go to church on Sunday and on the way home, dad would go to the bakery and because it was such a big family, he would literally come out with like a sack full of like baked goods, but we'd all get croissants. So for me, like croissants were a Sunday treat. Uh, croissants uh, for me uh, are gruen almost everyday treat. So when I'm doing gruen, because I'm always so like tired and sort of, you know, and so I walk to work and on my way to walk, like, <laughs> on my way, way to walk, walk <laughs> I have a croissant before I walk. And then when I have one per step, no. <laughs> Because I've had to walk so much, I treat myself on the way. So essentially, I'm like a person on like a fun run, except yep. at the drink station, I'm having a croissant. Yep. So I have a croissant and a coffee. You're on a tubby run. But I've also been, to kind of justify it a little, been doing this thing as if I'm on a mission to identify Sydney's best croissant that is on like my way to work. So sure. I've been like spreading my love around from place to place trying to find like the perfect croissant. That's interesting you bring this up because I have many a croissant option in my neighborhood. I have a cafe underneath me. There's a bakery a few doors down. There's a cake shop a few doors down from that. And I have sort of been weighing them all up. And here's what I'll tell you. Okay. Is that the bakery, which is an old school Aussie bakery, yeah. like specialized in, they're famous for meat pies and stuff. And, you know, okay bread and stuff. But their croissant is no good. No. It's like bad Australian pizza. It's right. just all dough. It's yeah. massive. Like it's literally 
half your head. It's like a yeah. really big... Why wouldn't you like this one? <laughs> it's softer, it's not crunchy in any way, and it's twice the size of a normal one. What, you've never eaten a pillowcase filled with dry cement? Right. All the cal- Twice the calories <laughs> and none of the joy. The cafe underneath is an okay croissant. Okay. But I feel like they don't make it on premises because no. it's, it's, it's a bit iffy whether or not yeah. you get it like fresh. But the cake shop, on the other uh-huh. hand, where they do make everything on premise, it's a small little croissant, uh-huh. probably about the size of your palm. But my God, it is delectable. The pastry is so crisp yep. and the inside is so soft and buttery. It literally like, it's the kind of croissant where you think you can just like tear it apart and you'll be able to eat it over, you know, a cup of tea. It's gone within the first two tears. <laughs> yeah. There's a place down the road from where uh, I live that I've discovered of late, which has become the go-to croissant place for the house. And I have to buy five croissants because I'm going to eat one on the way back. Five croissants, Anderson. I'm going to eat one on the way back in the car. And then I'm going to prepare one each for Amy and I. So like uh, with like yeah, some cheese and avocado and like, you know, tomato, a bit of rocket. Oh, you savour it, savor it up. Yeah. Like this is kind of your breakfasty sort of <laughs> croissant. But what we're going to do while we're waiting for that one to be uh, prepared is just eat one of the other ones. And are you eating them with anything? Condiments? Oh, I don't need to. They're just so good by them. I like This is my test of a really good croissant, which is I, I would just like to eat it by itself. Yeah, That's ideally That's what true. I would like to do. I would like to just, I don't want to have to put anything else on it. I don't mm. want to have to muck around with it. I just want to like have something that is so delicious that I just want to eat it by itself. Okay, important question. Yeah. You decide you want to put jam or something on it and uh-huh. you want to like split it. Do you cut it before you toast it or do you toast it whole and then cut it? It's a really good question, Charlie. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. we've finally got to something that we can both enjoy talking about as much as this. And football. <laughs> yeah. So we need to have a croissant and donut <laughs> podcast. We've got to have a cronut podcast. <laughs> Crowfop. <laughs> so, um, okay. Tofok, 30 odd foot of cronut. Okay. Here's what I ideally... Ideally, I want one that's hot. Yeah. So I, I, I go for a slightly smaller size. I don't even mind like a, a mini size one. There's like a kind of, there's a bakery that's about halfway between here and work where they're bigger ones. I don't like so much, no. but they do like a half size one, like a proper yeah. small one where I'm like, yeah, they're pretty tasty. Like, yeah. you know, but uh, I like something in between those two sizes. Yeah. So there seems to be this, like, if you're going to find a really good one, it's never quite as big as the your sort of standard size croissant, right? Yeah, that's right. And so if it's hot and ready, I don't. I don't need to be doing anything else. That's yeah. and that's ideally how I would like. And it. I agree. I think it's kind of like if you have the perfect croissant, you just te- it tears apart beautifully, yep. like yep. it's made to be torn apart, like a brioche bread that's done really well. And you know what I've just started doing? Rather than kind of like putting the condiments on, I'll just pour out little sort of dipping oh, trays, yeah, nice. and then just like peel it apart, and then just dab, 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 bit of butter, bit of honey, bit of jam, right. whatever. Oh. Like you're an artist. Like an artist. Yeah. Like I'm bloody Ken Dine. Like it's your palate and your like your palate for your palate. That's yeah. what you're doing. No, oh. I'm I'm totally into that as an approach, by the way, because I do think you know they're great. So when you go to the like the airport lounge in, in the morning, they might have like the mini croissants in a pile, and they're never going to be the greatest quality, but they do have a lot of jams and other condiments, and I do like the idea of going. What else tastes good on a croissant? I've often in there in the morning just gone, what else do they have? Mustard? Yeah. yeah, mustard is okay on a croissant. I haven't gone savory in a long time. When I was doing Wolf Creek, we did like a, a hand around breakfast one morning and I got given a ham cheese croissant and it was uh, it was good, but I found that 
the saltiness, the butteriness mm. of the croissant, I feel is too much for me with savory. I think it, I like the sweetness counterbalancing, but I don't know with like mm. cheese and stuff. It's just a bit too much. It's a bit too much for me. Well, I'll go either way on a croissant. There's no doubt about it. Like I'm happy for it to go savory. Um, what I do did today, because I got croissants yesterday from this place that yeah. I like, and uh, I heated them up today in the oven. So mm. I didn't go the cut them in half and then. But if I was going to just go, if I was saving time yeah. and you've got some and you need a bit of a zhuzh up, yeah. then I'm getting out the toasted sandwich maker yeah. and I just cut them in half. Oh, and you squish them. Bang them. No, no, oh. no squish. No. Ooh. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> No, Charlie. I, was, that's what I was asking because I'm like, don't do that. No, I'm not squishing. All right. Man. Well, I didn't realize you were in the croissant appreciation society. <laughs> like, you got, you got the ring? Yes. <laughs> It's in the shape of a cronut. Yeah. It's a cronut ring. It's a secret society. Yeah, when we put them together, we can transform into any shape or object. <laughs> cronut powers unite. He has the power of all the all the powers of a croissant, and he has all the powers of a donut together. When they combine, they have all the combined powers all of a cronut. cronut. Guaranteed to give you diabetes. Um. So I get the toasted sandwich maker out and then just cut it in half, uh, just rest it on there at the start and then just bit of face down. Nice bit of browning. Yeah, exactly. And then- okay, important question. Yeah. You've finished your donut. Okay. So you just have a plate left with flakes. How do you consume them? Oh, okay. Tongue well, to the plate? Well, okay. <laughs> Firstly, here's what I respect about you, Charlie, is you've asked the question, how do you, rather than do you. Because oh, yeah. no, of course, you're not I, leaving a flake. For a minute, I was no just way. like, what the fuck? I will fight my own dog for the flakes on my jumper once I finish the croissant. I was like, who the fuck is this guy dressed as Charlie? <laughs> Am I doing a podcast with Louise Fonzie? <laughs> Louise. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, my croissant obsession had been a bit secret for a while. Would okay. you say, Will, it's your indecent obsession? Well, here's what I will say, is that... Um, I apparently had been leaving a fair bit of evidence on the floor of the car. So it was not a surprise to Amy when I came out of the croissant cupboard, (laughs) when I suddenly could give her a recommendation of the top five croissant places in Sydney. It did not come as a surprise because she's seen the crumbs, my, you know, croissant trails. Yeah. Just Uh, fucking Winnie the Pooh. Exactly. Um, But yes, on the plate... I, uh, well, what I did today, so today, cause I'd had a savory croissant at the end, right? So there was a, still a bit of salt and pepper and sort of assorted sort of, you know, maybe a little bit of avocado or whatever on the plate. Mm. So I kind of gathered them up into oh. like a little, Ma- like a sort of like mashed them into a little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then use them to just like, dab you know, up. dab up the rest of so the So remaining... then you lick a finger, wipe it up, <laughs> or do you ever lick the plate? If it's honey. Do you have it with honey at all? I've ne- oh, you know what? I wouldn't have a croissant with honey. Oh, I love it. Honey. Really? Yeah, you like- do have a sweet tooth, though. I do have a sweet yeah. tooth. But if there's honey and the flakes are stuck to the honey, I I have been known to lick the plate clean. <laughs> Junior just turns his head in shame. <laughs> just goes into the other room. But if there is like honey or some sweet or cream or whatever left at the bottom of a bowl, right. like I cannot rest until I get every last bit of it up. Like I've invented a dessert because I'm trying to be healthy, uh-huh. but what that means is I just find more and more extreme ways to create desserts myself. Right. So now what I do is I get like a handful of like nuts, like almonds and cashews, and I'll put them in a little little cup thing, and then I'll pour some honey on top of them, and then sprinkle a little sea salt, 
And so it's like this kind of like sweet and salty nut mix. That, you know what? That's not um, that's not crazy. That's all right. Yeah. Those flavors go together. You could have like a honey nut music. Oh, it's delicious. And it, like, a, you know, a bit of honey and salt. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this is a good, it's, it's healthy, it's a natural yeah. fat. But yeah. then I'll have like four or five cups of those. <laughs> and every time when I get to the end, because there's like honey left over the bottom of the cup, I'll be sitting next to Gemma on the couch, you know, watching Westworld or something. And I'll have my face like fucking bang, my mouth just trying to like desperately lick up that last bit of honey at the bottom of the cup. Our dogs have a rubber chew toy yeah. that looks like something that you might also use as a sex toy. And the idea is that you put like a bit of peanut butter inside uh, yeah, it. Comp. And like, is that what it is? Yeah. Is it yeah. like a three cylinder? It looks like a snowman. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I imagine you're doing on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the image I have in yeah. my head is you just trying to get that bit of peanut butter out of the middle of that thing. Well, Gemma tells a story. Um, uh, she thinks I'm a, I'm a Winnie the Pooh with my sweet tooth. Oh. And we were editing a music video once uh, uh, in Melbourne. And so Gemma was sitting with the editor at the edit suite and I was sitting behind them on this couch. And when you go to like post-production houses, they normally like, oh, oh, oh Ramona, Jesus. Oh, it's been a while. Oh, that's a fucking, she just napalmed the room. I mean, it's been a while. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is a, that is a fucking oh, actually, world ender. You know what? We need to pause. We need to, <laughs> we need to leave the room. Just in time as well. <laughs> we're back. Whoa. Well, that was like wow. We had to leave that was, the room. That was yeah. That was that was like a that was a world-ending device. I mean, Ramona's normally, to be honest, she's the best. Not even bacteria survived that little bombast. I mean, end. I think bacteria. We're doing the show in hazmat suits. You can't hear it, but we're. It's like that scene in that's ET. What, that's what the. If you can hear the choppers in the background, that's what they are. <laughs> she literally detonated the world's entire block. It was, it was something. It's shown up on some sort of heat map. It was a real like uh, it was a creeper for you too because I think you didn't you didn't get it straight away but then you walked into it. I just thought I, I I ran out like where the, where you hear it cut out is I backed out of the room because it was so full on and Will sort of followed after me and seemed kind of okay but then he hit it and then you saw him run he ran for it. <laughs> it was one of those things where I just thought perhaps you were overestimating because I'm like a bit used to it right mm. you know and uh, no that was no. I mean that's full on yeah is that the worst ever. It's I mean, the worst ever I've ever experienced. I've never, we've always kept going in the past. We literally had to stop the podcast and leave the room. And not just for a bit, like for <laughs> like, ages. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have this happen on Triple M, I'm pretty sure. Like, I hope not. Uh, hey, uh, we got distracted talking about uh, croissants and donuts for 20 minutes, oh. but um, you you actually had something to talk about in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is something uh, me and Foz were, were chatting yesterday and we came across this thing, which I had to say to Foz, like, I'm really sorry we can't talk about this anymore because I found some TOEFOP material. Uh, this is from shortlist.com. 20 of the internet's craziest conspiracy theories. Brilliant. Have you had a flip through? Uh, I've looked at the first couple, but okay. I, I don't right. have an idea of what it's about. It may, look, I'm hoping it pays off. Okay. The, by the headings of the first three, I think we've got some good material. Okay, good. All right. Okay, it starts off, Lizard People, the Illuminati, and the New World Order. Rihanna is the devil. 9-11 and JFK. Yawn. All those theories are just so pedestrian. We've scoured the internet for the craziest and therefore best conspiracy theories that the human race's hive mind can muster. Nothing you've watched on TV, seen in the night sky... Walked about, walked about on during the daytime, learned in school, or listened on the radio is as it seems. Here, 
click here and be prepared to be faced with some of the ultimate series of exposés. Okay. okay. The first one. The Beatles never existed. What? Uh, as in like Beatles in your garden or the band? The Beatles. The Beatles. John, Paul, George and Ringo. Hang on. So, I mean, obviously you're going to explain more, but literally they've led off. Is this in number one spot or no, they... it's not? It's not. It's not. Okay, numbered. it's not. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat. The Beatles never existed. <laughs> oh, well, wait till we get to. All right. Okay. Forget the old chestnut that Paul is dead. That's amateur hour stuff. How about this one? From the moment they began, the Beatles were a fake band staffed by a revolving cast of almost identical actors. Love it. The buggers. Luckily, one website has set out. To shine a light on the physical discrepancies between each stand-in member. Now, firstly, imagine if this were true, and one website has discovered it. Yeah. Like y- you would be telling your friends at barbecues and stuff, like this theory, and they would all be like, "Oh, have you heard Charlie's theory about how the Beatles <laughs> well, weren't real?" We've talked about this before. I I told that story about meeting the guy at the pub who told me the story about Paul McCartney was an imposter. That Paul is dead is real. And that they, there's a guy, I can't remember what the dude's name was. He won like a look like competition and the Beatles brought him in and MI6 said, we're going to have to do this because if we don't, there's going to be mass hysteria across Britain and teenage girls will kill themselves. That was the, that was justification. But this has gone like fourfold. Well, I mean, this is essentially like somebody really upping it going, well, I've got a better theory. None of the Beatles were real. (laughs) They were all made up. If you often find yourself reading sentences like, it's interesting to note that there were different shapes, sizes, and styles of eyebrows over the years and nodding vigorously, then this is the website for you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to the website or we keep going? No. All right. No, 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 no. I don't want... Like, you don't, we, let's not go to the rabbit hole. Like, it really, if the theory is that people had different eyebrows at different stages of their lives, then that is not... I mean, you look at... I mean, you can, all, you can point to obvious examples where people get plastic surgery and look different. But I've been watching Glow. Have you seen that series on Netflix? Yeah. Alison Brie... Like has changed so much from when I when I first became aware of her on Community. I was like, oh my god, like she's had something done. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, she's just gotten older. Like right. if I look at me ten years ago, you just your face does change. You look different. Right. And the Beatles were together for ten years at least. I'm gonna call it the Alison Brie test. <laughs> if your face changes from Community to Glow looks in ten years, it's about ten years between Community and and, and Glow. Then I think the Beatles can be forgiven if their faces change slightly in ten years. Right, and you know, photos are taken from different angles and stuff. Yeah, like I've seen photos of myself yeah. from like the literally the same photo just taken from two different angles. Yeah, and one of them, I'm like, hey, I'm looking alright this year, and the other one's like, oh my god, have I my body been taken over by a fat twin of mine? There's a photo of you and I that the Daily Telegraph published a few years ago when they were talking about us going to LA Podfest, and it was in my fair to say heavier period right and it looks like you are sitting next to russell crowe because <laughs> i've got like the beard and i've got that sort of like long kind of hair at the time and i'm just a, a bit chubby like i look like i'm just gonna duck, duck out for a winfield blue right in a movie if it turned out that you were an alternative dimension charlie and you met that other charlie that would be a, like a wacky comedy yeah do you know what I mean like you now like i mean can you imagine that charlie <laughs> With this Charlie now, just as two separate characters who suddenly have to live together. Like, you are the same person, yeah. but you imagine you got none of the stuff in between. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's a fun concept. <laughs> we should sell that. To- copyright TOEFL. Copyright TOEFL. With the uh, <laughs> virtual reality dentist. President Obama can control the weather. Okay, I want to hear more. 
It's been alleged that President Obama has deliberately manipulated the weather to deflect attention away from the White House in times of scandal. Why? Oh, oh boy. Why? I mean, if that was the case. Well, maybe that's why the hurricanes are happening. Right. Why won't Obama deny that he can control the weather, Charlie? That's what I want to know. Because you think that's an advantage on, as a, on, if you're going, uh, if you're campaigning. Well, you to, like, I mean, just answer the question, Obama. Can you or can you not control the weather? In May. Why won't he answer it? <laughs> Why have I never heard Obama deny that he can control the weather? In May 2013, after a mile-wide tornado struck uh-huh. more Oklahoma, killing 24 people, right-leaning broadcasters and internet truthers, oh, which yeah. has to be an in inverted commas, <laughs> suggested the USAF, the US Air Force, had caused the disaster on purpose to distract from a series of governmental controversies. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense that if you could control the weather, you would only use it to cover up your fuck-ups. Yeah, can't fix healthcare, but right. can control can the weather. Can control the weather, and are keeping that secret. Yeah, they're pretty much fucking up everything publicly, but they are nailing controlling the weather, which they do to only avoid PR scandals. I think, wasn't that the plot of when they did that Avengers remake with Uma Thurman and Sean Connery? That was the plot, that he was Sean Connery was the villain and he could control the weather. And I'm always like, I don't know, that seems like a fucking fairly unpredictable superpower like you can control the weather sure create a storm but then can you then control what the storm does because if i was to say hey i'm gonna fucking you know send some tornadoes in to circle right. this state well when the tornadoes are there do you still control where they go are they going to like be some collateral damage yeah if you have the power of weather yeah that's one thing right you could be like you know Ooh, hurricane and shoot it at them or whatever yeah or like rain in your face <laughs> yeah <I don't> know. <laughs> or like slight moisture rising in uh <laughs> In your armpits. 90% humidity. <laughs> your nemesis. Ah, Hector Pastels in your face. <laughs> Offshore breezes. And Here other comes a low things. pressure system. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of rain. I hope you don't like your conditions inclement. <laughs> I love that. Your, your superpower is you can control the weather, but it's always just kind of middling. It's not like disaster conditions. You can just sort of ch- adjust the weather by about five degrees. How do you feel about mild? <laughs> but on his honeymoon night, he was nothing but sultry. <clears throat> okay. The Earth is still flat. Now, this has been getting a yep. lot of attention. A lot of recently. attention. Um, I have a couple of Facebook friends from the old days who are flat earthers. And I. What? No, yeah, seriously. No, seriously. Look, I will say, to mm. be honest, I've kept. Fo- they've expressed the sort of opinions on Facebook that I would block anyone else or mute anyone else for expressing. But because they've been friends of mine for a long time, like, I'm like, oh, well, You'll whatever. Allow it. It's like granddad. Yeah, they've got their crazy theory. But secondly, I think it gives me an opportunity to see the to crazy peek into theories. the mind of madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does, and I feel like that's important. It's yeah. important to know what the crazies I are thinking. I have a couple of friends who like constantly post like conspiracy theories, and often the sign-off is "wake up, sheeple." Yep, but not in an ironic way. No, 
No, and it is weird. It's exhausting right. when you read that stuff. Cause but like, also the other thing is, wake up sheeple. The idea is that, that people are like unthinking followers and they're sheep, right? Mm. Sheeple. That's the play on yeah. words there. But if you are writing the exact same thing at the end of your conspiracy theory that every other person who has a conspiracy theory is writing, you're the fucking sheeple, sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> wake up, sheeple, sheeple. Wake up, sheeple, sheeple. <laughs> wake up, little sheeple, sheeple. Wake up. You've got conspiracy theories. <laughs> that's, that's, wake up a little. Nah. Wake up little Susie parodies. That's what but people that's what are waiting for. <laughs> that's what this podcast has come to. The Flat Earth Society was established in the early 1800s by the English inventor Samuel Burley Roth, uh, Ro- Robotham. Mm. No, re- no relation to, to Buffy. Buff, Buffy? <laughs> Buffy Botham? Beefy. Buffy Botham. Was it beefy? It was beefy. Beefy both. Not, not buffy. <laughs> Although the uh, coach of the Australian cricket team oh, is Darren Buff Lehman. Okay, that's right. So, <laughs> sorry to our international listeners. English inventor Samuel Burley Robotham, yep. or Raoul Botham, and remains... He was the... a robot, Ian Botham. <laughs> Robotham. <what>, Robotham. <laughs> and remains at the very forefront of 11th century thinking. Okay. It's called the Zetetic, uh, Zetetic Astronomy, as a society prefers to call it. But just for the record, being at the forefront of 11th century thinking, yeah. not a compliment. No. But you know what? Coal will save Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've had to explain away many threats with principles over the years. Things like manned missions to the moon, satellites, photographs of the round Earth from space, and three series of Professor Brian Cox's inspirational TV shows. Still, they've got 1,800 likes on Facebook, which isn't right. bad going, assuming the internet is, exists, of course. Now, I don't know when this article was written, but, but I reckon it'll be heaps that, more heaps than that more now. now. No, Flat Earth There's is no, like... Um, it, flat Earth's a big thing now. Yeah, I'm gonna look, crazy. You know what? I'm going to look up Flat yeah, Earth. we can take Let, a little, let's, we can, Take it. Yeah. 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 No, I think this is worth it because like, it is one of those things where... Because that, that rapper believes in it. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, flat Earthy. <laughs> You know that guy. Flat Earthy B-I-G. Okay, Flat Earth. <laughs> B-I-G. B-F-G. Sorry. Oh, you know the guy. The notorious F-L-A too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was the gag I was <laughs> fucking grasping about. It's like, ironically, I woke up, I woke you up, were going around it was, when you could have gone straight to I, it. I was asleep grasping for the joke like i just woken up and was trying to get my glass of water. Yeah. Uh, the Flat Earth model is an archaic conception of Earth's shape as a plane or disc. Uh, yeah, I'm in, in the modern pseudoscientific flat earth theories. Okay. Modern flat earth societies. That's what we want, right? Yeah. Uh, modern flat earth societies consist of individuals who promote the idea that the earth is flat rather than an oblate spheroid. Uh, such groups date from the middle of the 20th century. Uh, some adherents are serious and some are not. Those who are serious are often motivated by pseudoscience or religious literalism. Oh, so uh, let's religious have... literalism. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> it does. Uh, let's have a look at. I um... mean, don't you have to take a religious? Oh, here literary? we go. To believe in, in it in the first place. In the modern era, the availability of communications technology and social media, blah blah blah. Uh, okay, famous individuals who believe in flat Earth. Oh, there is what we want to know. Yeah, that's what we want to know. Famous. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, I found an article here which uh, may or may not uh, help us out. Sorry, didn't have the hyperlink. 
it would be very empowering to believe in bullshit. Like, because it's like that little club that you and your friends are in. You know what I mean? It makes you feel special to believe in something that's nonsense that no one else believes in. Well, we often believe in things that no one else believes in. And in fact, the secret of like humanity is the fact that we've, no one knows what, you know, human life is actually meant to be about. And mm. so often we guide our lives just based on a series of assumptions that we either get other people to come up with for us or that we come up with ourselves. Like nothing is real. So the moment that you believe something absolutely crazy, I think there is some freedom in that. Yeah. Like where you're just like, I think there's... But a- it's not even just that. Like I think it's just more the camaraderie. It's like being into a band that no one else... It's like listening to Tofop, being into something that right. no one knows about. Okay, maybe we should get into the Flat Earth community. Yeah, maybe totally. we could be... We could be the bright... The Flat Earth podcast. Yeah, we could be the bright part of... Tofop. <laughs> Tofo? No, Tofofi. 30-odd foot of Flat Earth. Tofofi. Tofofi. Tofofay. Uh, NBA star Kyrie Irving made headlines when he revealed he believes the world is flat. Uh, so he's a pretty big star, born in Australia too, Kyrie Irving. Uh, he used to play with LeBron at Cleveland. Um, with the Steamers, right? Uh, let's see who else. Yeah, for the Cleveland Steamers, their local team. Uh, Tila Tequila. Well, I mean, if Tila says so. I mean, she had a shot at love, now she's got a shot at pseudoscience. Uh, what about uh, B.O.B.? Who's B.O.B.? Is he? That's the rapper. He's the rapper. About. Okay. Yeah. One short year ago, the rapper B.O.B. got into a Twitter feud with astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, dear. Over whether the Earth is flat. And then Tyson's nephew, also there, a rapper. I mean, hang on. But from Neil deGrasse Tyson's perspective, was it a feud or was it more of a kind of like... Like, I, I think... It sounds like B.O.B. was trying to start something, but it, it's kind of like an insect having a problem with a human. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, I think Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson was just flooding. Yeah, yeah. He was swatting swatting away. Flight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then B.O.B. was like, this is a feud. Yeah. This, that's like a fly going, this is personal, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> it's like you swatted a fly once and for the rest of that fly's life and for it's the rest of its family's life, they've had a little picture of you yeah. and they've been hunting to yeah. find you. Little fly gym just pushing weights to like Rocky montages right. every day. Yeah, like he's like Inigo Montoya. <laughs> like <laughs> finally you, you swatted my father prepared to die. <laughs> My name is Enzo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Copyright William Goldman and Topo. There wasn't much. A lot of it was going to get me into areas where I I just didn't want it on my search history. Okay. Saddam Hussein had a Stargate. I love it. I'm in. The theory is that the Second Gulf War was waged in order to close a stargate owned by Saddam Hussein, okay. thus preserving the ambitions of the New World Order and preventing an alien invasion of Earth is not exactly widespread. However, if you study the picture of the, on the left closely, which is this picture here of Saddam, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it looks suspiciously like Saddam could be saying stargate. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> they got us. <laughs> Uh, look up the article to get that gag (laughs) oh this is whoever wrote this and there is no author credited but it's great I'm just going to read this sentence again 
If you look at the picture on your left closely, it looks suspiciously like Saddam could be saying Stargate. And then the next line is, yeah, mate, it's out the back. <laughs> Want to have a look? <laughs> and that's evidence enough for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, should we click on that website? Yeah, let's find the Stargate. Saddam Hussein had a Stargate. I want to know about this. Okay, this is from a website called bibliocapliades.net. Mm. Saddam or Stargate, what is Task Force 20's main objective? Okay. And this is in inverted commas for some reason. Okay. <clears throat> Imagine this scenario. The US government obtains intelligence that hidden somewhere in central Iraq is an actual Stargate. <sighs> Now, Stargates are interdimensional. Well, I imagine, like, I never saw... Oh, no, they allow, like, you can travel through space, but you don't have to, go, you don't have to travel at the speed of light. You can just step through and travel through a different point in space. Well... It's interdimensional. I don't really know, but luckily, I reckon the internet will be able to help us on this one. Uh, how does a Stargate work? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> oh, I love the internet. How does a Stargate work? Uh, the way the point of origin works is that each... Oh, hang on. All right. Uh, what does a Stargate do? Yeah, what is a Stargate? Okay, Stargate device. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, all right. A Stargate is the Einstein-Rosen bridge portal device within the Stargate fictional universe okay. that allows practical rapid travel between two distant locations. Okay. So basically, Express, as long as you have... Ex- yeah. Yeah, it's like a teleporter. Right, it's a teleporter. Okay. Okay, so they obtain- <laughs> Should have called you fucking show teleporter. <laughs> the US government obtains intelligence that hidden somewhere in central Iraq is an actual stargate placed there by the Anukai gods of ancient Sumeria. Okay. In this scenario, when Nibiru, the alleged 12th planet, is closest to Earth, the Anukai will take the opportunity to travel to Earth to that same stargate and will set up their encampment in Iraq. So Here's basically, what I don't understand about this theory. Okay. If you have a stargate, why do you give a shit about being close to Earth? No, you want to come to Earth. Yeah, but like you've got your own stargate. Yeah. I didn't understand there was a limit on where you could stargate between. Isn't the idea that as long as each of you has a stargate, you can go between one and the other? Yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. So why is. do these motherfuckers need to be close to Earth to come to Earth? If they've got oh, a stargate I assume, on their ship or whatever. I assume that they want to invade us. Maybe we have resources or something that they want. Yeah. Again, Maybe they want cronuts. I feel like you're They're missing an alien. the point though, right? So say imagine we yeah. have... Okay, so say that, okay. that door Will's behind... Pulled out, Will's pulled out a blackboard. So say that door behind you is a stargate, yeah. right? Yeah. And you wanted to go to your house. Yeah. What you need is a Stargate at your house, yeah. right? So if you could step step through that door and come out at your house, Stargate, right? Yeah. So all that. So if you took that Stargate to Melbourne, you, all you need to do is step through this door, and you're in Melbourne, right? Mm-hmm. So why do they need to be closer to Earth to get through their Stargate? That makes no sense. Isn't the idea that Saddam has a star- stargate? And so I'm just reading. <laughs> and they have a stargate. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a stargate in central Iraq. Right. And these, and the uh, uh, the Anukai want right. to take the opportunity to travel to Earth through the same stargate and yeah. set up an encampment. Okay. I don't understand what you're... It's, well, a, it's you basically that, a landing pad from a distant planet. But why did we need the planet to be in line? Like, they had to wait until Oh, the that's 12th. your problem is waiting... For, Right. Okay, right. If right. you got your Stargate, you can go whenever. Yeah, okay. Well, but that maybe we don't know how it works, but we don't know the science of the Stargate. 
So I didn't understand. You're saying why it was the actual why did we have to wait? The well, because to align. the implication was that like the planets needed to align because at that point they'd be able to get through the Stargate or whatever. In but this scenario, you... when Nibiru, the twelfth planet, is closest to Earth, right? I'd, look, maybe it's not about a distance. Maybe it's like a gravitational oh. forces or something okay. like that. But I'm glad we held up the podcast for five minutes to discuss that. No, I just wanted to know how the Stargate works. With time running out, President Bush invades Iraq. Okay. American scientists raid the Iraqi National Museum and close the Stargate, uh-huh. thus frustrating the grandiose ambitions of the self-styled reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar, Saddam Hussein, making the world safe for the new world order. Is this a sequel to the movie Stargate? Is it a new episode of the TV series? Is it a new Star Trek movie? No. None of these. According to Dr. Michael Salia, soon to be deregistered, <laughs> it's probably exactly what happened. Not a doctor. Oh, we have a connection. Dr. Oh, so not Salia. Dr. Sala is an Australian national. No shit. Obtained his MA in philosophy from the University of Melbourne. Uh, so he's a doctor of philosophy. And then his doctorate, PhD, in government. In Doctorate in government? Is that a... Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a doctorate in government. From the University of Queensland in 93. After spending, None of these are in like time travel or space travel or stargaze. No. After spending two years as an associate at the Centre for Middle Eastern and Central Asian Studies in Australia, he joined the Faculty Department of Political Science at the Australian National University in Canberra. You guys could have crossed paths. It would have been in the late 90s. As a lecturer in 1996, he came to the US and gained an academic appointment at the School of International Service to the American University in Washington, D.C., where he made it to 2001. Dr. Sala's Iraq Stargate theory is expounded in a paper written for publication, and there's a link. No shit. He wrote a paper about how Iraq had a Stargate? It's called Exopolitical Perspective on the Preemptive War Against Iraq. Subtitle, Stargate's Directly Linked to Iraq War by Dr. Michael... By Dr. Michael Saleh, February 2003. That's not a real theory. That's a guy who did not get his thesis done. Okay. That's a guy who handed in his fan fiction this is the introduction instead of his PhD to his PhD. Introduction. Oh, no. In his 2003 State of the Union address, George Bush declared the gravest danger... Hang on. How do you do a George Bush? What does that sound like? It's a Texan. Gravest, jo- gravest jo- danger... Uh, George Bush. He I'm kinda, Bush. No, she, I'm, I'm uh, can I do Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right. Yeah. So I like about high school girls, man. I get older, they see the same age. Yes, <laughs> they do. The gravest danger facing the America, America in the world. The great, the, the gravest danger facing America in the world. That's good. That's better. Yeah, that's good. The gravest danger facing America in the world <laughs> is outlaw regimes that seek to possess nuclear. No, he couldn't say it, could yeah, he? Nu- what did, what nuclear. Did he, he didn't say. What did he say? He'd say nuclear. 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 No, it's it's nuclear. Is actually how you say it. He would say nuclear. 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 Chemical and biological weapons. In his speech, President Bush eloquently expressed his main motivation for launching a preemptive war against Iraq to prevent a day of horror like we've never known. Critics of President Bush. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Stargate. Get to the Stargate. Find it. Where the fuck is the Stargate? When does the Stargate... The political to paradigm it? to be used in this paper is based on exopolitics. This paradigm shift starts with the premise that there exists an extraterrestrial presence on Earth, okay. which clandestine government organizations ha- have been withholding knowledge of from the general public and elected public officials. Rather than being unsubstantiated conspiracy theory with little relevance to contemporary policy issues such as a preemptive war against Iraq, it will be argued... That as an exopolitical analysis 
that an exopolitical analysis can provide a more comprehensive understanding of what motivates the Bush administration, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm reckoning he was late doing his PhD <laughs> and he was up all night watching episodes of Stargate and he thought, I reckon I've got an idea uh, here. In concluding this analysis, I will first examine the available evidence of historical extraterrestrial presences in Iraq. Mm. I will then apply this evidence to better understand the contemporary political so situation on. in so Iraq. So this is his, like this is what he's saying he's going to do. Let's run us through the steps again. What's the, what's he going to do first? I will first examine the available evidence of historical extraterrestrial presence in Iraq. Okay, there is none. So I've done that. Then, then apply this evidence. Which well, there exist, is no evidence. So. To better understand the contemporary political situation so in Iraq. I cannot apply it, so I cannot better understand it. I will then analyze the motivations of the main political actors in the prospective US-led preemptive war against Iraq. And what I've come up with is probably not a stargate. <laughs> Finally, conclude by making some policy recommendations. Yep. Based on... Get oh. rid of the stargate. Here's my policy. What is his, What are his policy recommendations? We just if they do that? not include get rid of your stargate, destroy the stargate, then... Okay. Policy implications and recommendations. Okay. short so we could be able to we actually could do this right <clears throat> if the exopolitical perspective is a more accurate description so that basically if his theory is okay. true if his theory is true um the following policy recommendations can be made okay first the quality of evidence substantiate substantiating historic extraterrestrial presence and clandestine government cover-up has a significant degree of credibility and persuasiveness okay so he reckons there is evidence this supports the creation of a new field of public policy mm. exopolitics so he's trying to establish a new okay okay so his theory is that based on the premise if we're all ignoring the premise that the government are covering up aliens based yeah. on the premise that the government are covering up aliens therefore all these other things therefore must be true also that's right right and he's saying, but we need to accept as public policy that it is true. Right. And therefore we can... So that we can understand yes. my paper. Second, there needs to pro we there is a need to promote official government disclosure of the historic extraterrestrial presence and or the impending return of these Tell ETs. Tell us where the aliens are. And to make more representative the policy making process that has evolved in government responses to such information. Right. Third... Evidence suggests that the present military... Okay, secondly, so uh, for, how, do you, how do you think he practically... This I'm just asking you now. Oh, yeah. But say, for example, he gets his way and we have to release the idea that there are aliens. Right. There have been aliens and the government have been covering it up, but they have a whole bunch of documents and evidence. How do they best do that? How do they present it? Yeah. Like, public so, policy? So it turns out, okay... The best argument that there are no aliens and that the government has not covered up aliens yeah. is that Donald Trump is fucking president. Because you cannot fucking tell me that he would not have used the fact that they've covered up, that Obama covered up aliens, like, you know, already so far, right? Yeah. But say, for example, they discover a whole bunch of documents and things and they decide they're going to release them. What is the best way to release the idea? Is it for the thing for the president to say? Can Donald Trump come out at a press conference and say, by the way, we found all this evidence. There's if aliens. Donald Trump came out tomorrow and said, there are aliens who are going to invade through a stargate that right. we found in Iraq, in the second Iraq war, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. What took him so long? Not the craziest, I can't believe. Not the craziest thing he's tweeted no. this week. <laughs> Shit. Maybe this guy's onto something. Third, evidence suggests that the present military preparations for a war against Iraq have little to do with weapons of mass destruction. Well, we okay. all know that. We, that that I agree with. That's yeah. how the conspiracy theory gets you, though, because they throw in a little something bit of truth? that you agree is true. Uh, but they are they are designed to perpetuate the U.S. clandestine government control of information concerning historic and present ET presences. 
Such a preemptive war should therefore be stopped. Well, you know what? I agree. I agree. Anti-war. Anti... Well, yeah, but it depends how he wants to stop the preemptive war. Well, he wants to wants it to be stopped, and a resolution between the U.S., Iraq, and interested European governments should okay. be encouraged. Okay. Right. Please, okay, come to the table. That seems reasonable. Come to the table. What's happening to Fourth, the Stargate, though? Evidence suggests that the Iraq conflict and the destruction of the Columbia Space Shuttle mask a deep factional struggle between clandestine mm. government organizations with different national governments that were initially created to deal with the ET presence. Mm. It is recommended that there is public disclosure of these organizations okay. and their efforts in monitoring and responding to the ET presence and that these organizations become accountable to elected public officials. Again, how do you feel if you're the professor who gets this as their submission for their PhD? Do you think, like, how does your work, mind work as a university professor? Okay. Is it one of those things where you're like, yeah, this is a really interesting and provocative take, or you're like, Fuck this guy who keeps banging on about the fact that ET is being covered up. Well, a uh, friend of the show, Michael Chamberlain, who does a, a great football podcast, Junk Time AFL Pod, he and I uh, went to high school together. And when we were like 11 years old, we had to do a project for PE where we had to do a, like a, a project on a sport, any sport. And Michael really hated our PE teacher. They used to kind of like, you know, all year was like bickering back and forth. And so Michael, for his end of year project, his sport he chose was the WWF. <laughs> and he like I remember him showing me his project and like he'd cut out like pictures of like Hulk Hogan and stuff and there's one caption I always remember is it's a shot of Hulk Hogan with the pythons and Mike wrote a caption Hulkamania colon the most powerful force in the universe <laughs> <laughs> he got an F and the teacher wrote this is not a real sport Michael <laughs> so I feel like the professor this would be his right this would be his assessment of this. You, you think he'd... The professor would probably still be telling this story at dinner parties, oh, right? Yeah. 100%. Um, all right. Let's get back to uh, okay. conspiracy yeah. theories. <laughs> You'll love this one. Saved by the Bell was a vehicle for the Illuminati. Love it. All right, I'm in. Turns out the teen high school comedy Saved by the Bell was riddled with hidden messages endorsing Satanism. Okay. This website exposes the true intentions of the show's creators and its stars, as well as the hidden messages in the theme tune. Oh, do you want to... Should we? Of course, I want to know. What does the Saved by the Bell theme tune go? It's all right. I've been saved by the. It's all right. I've been saved by the. I can remember how it goes. Here we go. Oh, it's a YouTube video. This okay. is good. Great. Okay. Saved by the Bell satanic back mask message. <laughs> all right. Well done, internet, by the way. Hang on. Oh, here we go. We've all been saved by the bell. But have we really seen it? Have we been corrupted by the true hidden satanic message? Let's play the theme song in reverse. Oh. Man, I miss my Satan. We're all saved. Man, I miss my Satan. I mean, I'm hearing it, Charlie. I'm hearing I miss my Satan. Should we play it again? Oh, yeah. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. Oh, my God. Man, I miss my Satan. Oh, my God. Man. Man, I miss my Satan. I miss my We're Satan. all saved. We're all saved. Holy shit. Wow. Oh my God. 
The website exposes the true intentions of the show's creators and stars as well as the hidden message in the theme tune. Okay. What a giveaway. Despite the Illuminati being all-powerful yeah. space lizards who control the world and everything in it, right. they couldn't find it in their little scaly hearts to reward the guy who played Mr. Belding with an Oscar. Oh, dude. Uh, why undercut it? Didn't deserve did a drive-by? <laughs> that did sound like... Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I miss my Satan. Hitler is still alive. Oh, yeah. The advent of the internet... He's 120. This is an old conspiracy. Okay. The advent of the internet hasn't just cooked up a new conspiracy theories. It's also accelerated existing ones. Okay. Hitler is still alive rumors have circulated since the 70s, fueled by the fact that his crony, Joseph Mengele, hid in South America. Stories like this one, however, speculate the 125-year-old Hitler (laughs) has been responsible for various disasters, including 9-11, the 2010 oil spill, which happened on his birthday. Oh, so... Well, that's... I mean, I mean, do you need any more evidence? I mean, probably, yeah, probably heaps more. I'd imagine. I might have to put you in some virtual reality goggles and go <laughs> in your dreams to find out. I mean, firstly, like the idea that Hitler is some sort of immortal supervillain, yeah, like and runs now runs News Corp, right? <laughs> okay, well, actually, <laughs> the Large Hadron Collider is a device for awakening an Egyptian god. Oh yeah. All right. Rather than a multinational cooperative for, to further our scientific knowledge of atomic particles, the Large Hadron Collider is, in fact, a multidimensional portal intended to awaken Osiris, the Egyptian god of death. Oh. This website explains how it works in further detail. We'll take it as read that the author is a scientist. <laughs> Note <laughs> bene. Spec savers have a range called Osiris too. Maybe they're in on it. Mm. He, he sort of, yeah. yeah, it wasn't as good as the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> the moon doesn't exist. Okay, love it. Uh oh, it's not looking. Uh, it's no good looking at it night after night. The moon doesn't exist. It's a hologram okay. put there by persons unknown. Okay, why are right. persons unknown doing this? <laughs> no. You're gonna posit like a conspiracy like that. At least give us a theory. A theory. That's Come on. not even a conspiracy theory. That's just a conspiracy guess. Of course, uh, serial conspiracy theorist David Ick. Icky, Icky, you know that guy. Icky, Icky. He has a theory. Do you want to hear his theory? Yeah, sure. No, oh, fuck, it's on YouTube again. Uh, Can we play this or do we get sued? Ah, uh, I mean... It goes okay. for eight minutes. Like, well, then we can't play fuck it. Fuck it. Nah. You look it up. <laughs> There's also countless YouTubers keeping an eye out, one of whom has gone as far as looking at it regularly for a year. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Jay-Z is a time-travelling vampire. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> there are vast regions of the internet devoted to explaining why Jay-Z is part of the Illuminati. Okay. I have heard that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence... Uh, when this photo, which was taken in New York in 1939. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. Okay. Hang on. All right. Am I about to see a photo of Jay-Z, Jay-Z in 1939? Yep. I mean, fucking hell. That l- <laughs> I mean, that's Photoshop. That's it's a Photoshop. Is it Photoshop? It's got to be. Because otherwise, Jay-Z is in the Illuminati. <laughs> and a time... Traveling vampire. That's amazing. Oh my God. Why is he a vampire though? Oh, because, just because of time travel? Um, yeah, this photo was taken in New York 1939. He was accused of being a time traveler and a vampire. This video lists the old time celebrity lookalikes as well as suggesting that Hollywood stars don't age because they're immortal blood sucking. Okay. But if you can time travel, you don't need to be a vampire. Right. Or a Hollywood movie star. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you, if you can time travel, you can just find easier ways to make a living than working in Hollywood. I mean, acting like there's some good perks that come with it, but it's not like you don't need to have a job, right? Unless you want to settle down. Do you think time travelers ever just want, like, 
Like it's John Paul Young, wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. They do like yearn for just be able to. Well, isn't that like the, isn't that Highlander? Doesn't Highlander want to just be like eventually just like kick off and not have to be Highlander anymore? Is that, maybe I'm just rewriting that. Oh, I always no, thought no, with no. Highlander, the no, idea that. He doesn't that... know what the prize is. Right. But then you find out the prize is you become mortal. Yeah. And then they completely change that in the second it's like, film. like, this is a terrible prize. <laughs> like, I liked it when I lived forever. Yeah, you know who my old life was? I live forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Hang on. So the you're quickening saying... sucks. <laughs> this is shit house. We could have all just hung out together and yeah. live forever. You know, why do we and cut you... each other's heads off? This is ridiculous. Guys, 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 guys. I know there can be only one, but I'm telling you. I know. I read to the end of Dianetics. I know what happens at the hey, end. Guys, it's not that great. Um, uh, this competition where we cut each other's head off so we die, uh, the prize is that you just get to die but slower. From cancer, probably. Yeah. Or we could just <laughs> not do this. <laughs> we could just call you this might off. Even, there's a fish that can crawl up your dick and kill you. That can't happen right now. So all I'm saying is, <laughs> is you'd rather not have a fish crawl up your dick. How about just live forever? Yeah. We can all live forever. Let's start a union, a Highlander union. <laughs> Head straight off. <laughs> Time cube. Today is four days at once. Oh, oh yeah. It's okay. been gone long enough, it feels like <laughs> yeah. it. All right. Question. If someone described themselves as the wisest human, the greatest mathematician, and the greatest philosopher, okay. would that put you off? You might think they're a bit big-headed. Yeah, How about if they had a website that ranted in massive fonts about a concept where four days happen at once? Okay, I'm in. All the while, constantly pointing out that you're too stupid to understand it. Why not click here and see how you feel? Okay. Challenge accepted. All right. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Timecube.com has been shut down since oh, I read Oh, no. Well, by the Illuminati. By yeah. Jay-Z, probably. By Jay-Z. The Earth is hollow. Okay. What's inside? Um, oh, we're halfway through this list. Uh, we can... Uh, okay. I think the list... Well, we can't get through the whole list. <laughs> Hang on. Well, maybe we'll pause this for a second. Okay. Charlie. <laughs> oh, my God. Charlie. Are you possessed? Charlie. 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 <laughs> I heard that song backwards and now. <laughs> Charlie, uh, we've come back. We've had a little break. Yeah. In the meantime, we started talking about something we uh, referenced on the show last week, which was the song by The Herd um, about uh, scallops. <laughs> and in the meantime, we started speculating on what the lyrics of the song were. And so I looked, looked it up. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, but I am going to get to the chorus because we were just discussing what the yeah. what the chorus was. And then we're going to play it backwards. <laughs> like a $3.40 bag of fresh, fresh hip, hip hop, hop from the fish from and- your local fish oh. and chip shop. Mm. Ah. ah. Scallops. Ah, scallops. Mmm, scallops. With dollops. Oh, good one for the dollop crossover. With dollops of flavor on top. When we do what we do. We give heads the bop. Well, better than giving bops the head. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) I mean, we're not as good for bops, I suppose. But otherwise, there you go. Okay. Now, um, we're in a race against time because... uh, Uh, Your thing's going to run out. uh, Yeah. We're we're down to 9%. So let's let's skip through. The earth is hollow. You see, the earth is hollow and accessible via portals at the North and South Poles. Luckily, though... It's quite habitable down there, providing excellent living quarters for the lost Viking colonies of Greenland 
And the Nazis. What? They've just been living down there. Yeah. The Vikings and the, and Nazis, the Nazis. Raping and pillaging <laughs> each other all day long. And aliens are just visitors from the subterranean yonder. Oh, okay. But why do you see them in the sky then? Why do they even pop up? Yeah. Like, surely if you've gone to the surface, why are you going all the way to the sky? Makes no sense. Dinosaurs helped Disproved. Build- <laughs> Myths busted. Dinosaurs help, helped build the pyramids. Well, not- Myth busted. Not Tyrannosaurus Rex. Surely not. Those little not arms. Not tiny arms. He did the top. Like, he did right up the top. No, but I, you know, I see the way Junior moves his toys around. Like, right. except, like the the Tyrannosaurus Rex could pick up a brick and put. T Rex was doing a lot of design architecture. Yeah, you right. know, just a little in the like back a scarf, office. like yeah, a, just exactly. like a jaunty scarf around his neck. Yeah, just come in and go. He had like red glasses, red right. rimmed glasses. Yeah, pointy at the top. Yeah. Pointy at the top. <laughs> it's like a wedding planner. <laughs> of course, the dinos, the dino, the dinos existed past a vint. Oh, hang on. Oh, okay. There's a lot of weird spelling in this. Of okay. course the dino... Mm. Dinosauros. Of course the dinosauros existed. Pastor Vince Fennick told Malta today in 2009. It is mentioned in the book of Job. They were used to help build the pyramids. Fennick was the director of Accelerated Christian Academy in Mosta, Malta until its closure in 2012. Under a scandal of some kind. <laughs> Rather sadly, <coughs> giving its thrilling sci-fi curriculum, the school closed due to having... No students involved. <laughs> and there's a PS. This website, hyperlinked, reports that a pyramid discovered in the Ukraine dates from the Jurassic period. You can just imagine a T-Rex clutching a shovel with his tiny paws. I mean, it'd be pretty great if they did actually build the, build the pyramids. pyramids. Okay. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's more a late night conversation than an actual <laughs> scientific theory, but myth busted. Siri can predict the apocalypse. Myth busted. Why do you say myth busted? I don't know. I'm just trying to okay, we're right. speeding through. through it. <laughs> Amazing as it may seem, given that it can't do anything else you ask it to do. Ooh. Ooh, take that, Siri. Siri can predict the apocalypse. Okay, you want to try this? Okay. Get your phone out? No, I don't, I don't have a Siri. Oh, okay. Oh, I do. Do I? Do I have one on an iPad? I don't know how it works. When asked what day is the 27th of July, 2014, oh. Apple's cheery assistant replied the opening of the gates of Hades, wow. a.k.a. the end of the world. Okay. That that is now passed without any issue. Has Something it? you like about the maligned MS office paperclip, but at least he didn't scaremonger the end was nine. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, like, look so at the what, it? what What day is the 27th of July, 2014? Yeah. Remember that. I'm going to Siri it up. What date is the 27th of July, 2014? No, she's quiet. She just says it was Sunday, 27th of July, 2014. <laughs> very droll, Siri. Sunday. Very, very <laughs> droll. I mean, but play it backwards and what do you hear? <laughs> Yun say. <laughs> no. Hunter S. Thompson was murdered. <laughs> Not even close. There are plenty of murder conspiracy Myth theories bust. out there. But the suggestion that Hunter S. Thompson was killed by someone other than himself is a lesser known one. Okay. The theory goes that the fear and loathing author was working on a piece about the World Trade Center when he was taken out by a government assassin. Fairly oh pedestrian compared to dinosaurs building the pyramids. All right. Fairly pedestrian compared to most of the shit that Hunter S. Thompson saw himself after <laughs> taking all the drugs that were in the boot of his car. Denver Airport is okay. the home of all evil. Heard this one. Have you? Yeah, I've heard this one. This is the last one. To finish on... Here's another nugget from the New World Order truthers. Denver International Airport is the epicenter of world evil. Yeah. Because world evil, and it's capitalized. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> needs somewhere it can just relax and be itself. 
away from the daily grind of all that bad doing. Exactly. Handily, there are cryptic signs all over the airport to remind enlightened travellers of the evilness they're tra traversing. For more insight, you may enjoy this comprehensive piece. Oh, hang on. There's more to go. That's it to end with. Um, what do you know about the Denver airport? Well, I've been to Denver a lot. In fact, this is a city that I've visited most in the US. And uh, I feel like I've just been compelled to go there for some reason. Mostly because they have two really good comedy clubs and yeah, right. legal weed. weed. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I had heard that theory before. Apparently, underneath the airport, uh, there's meant to be some sort of like, yeah, and there's like, like some. Adelaide. I've heard that about Adelaide yeah, as but well. But there's some sort of government super spy bunker thing under there as well, apparently. All right. Yep. Louise, Louis, 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 Louis Tomlinson's baby is fake. I think he is One Direction or plays for the Greater Western Sydney. Okay, one of those guys. Uh, one Direction star Louis Tomlinson. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, cleared up. Yeah, myth busted. <laughs> one Direction star Louis Tomlinson and partner Brianna Jungworth oh, yeah. or Jungworth. Yeah, what's your Jungworth? <laughs> introduced the world. What happened if she married a Hemsworth? Her last name would be Hemsworth, <laughs> or she'd keep her own name. Or she'd be Jungworth Hemsworth. Louis and Brianna introduced the world to their newborn son, Freddie, in January 2016. Except it wasn't his baby. What? Freddie isn't real. What? But rather the latest strand spun by One Direction's PR team to ensure that what? Louis's relationship what? with Harry Styles what? isn't revealed to the world. Shards are up. Read through this summary and prepare to have all your skepticism eroded by mountains of evidence. Mountains of evidence. Do you want to? Okay, why not? Was there mountains of evidence? Oh, it's a link into BuzzFeed. Uh, Buzz, everyone knows. Buzzfeed. I'm not going to give BuzzFeed any okay. more publicity. It's a good website, but come on. <laughs> we all live in the matrix and billionaires want to break us out of it. Well, we posited this theory yep. in the episode, I can't remember what it was called, Annie Dice Clay, I think, where we, we floated the theory that you and I are in stasis somewhere. It was the only explanation for why we do this podcast. Is there any chance that I am just traveling internationally and I'm in some sort of virtual reality <laughs> pod and I've been imagining this podcast? Because I saw you before I left. That's right. Yeah. Now, this might sound like an elaborate ploy to help okay. with Kindle the Matrix box set sales. Mm -hmm. But as far as we can tell... Neither By the one... way, it has made me want to watch the Matrix again. So, <laughs> The New Yorker's... Tad Friend claims that many people in Silicon Valley are obsessed with the idea that we're all living in a simulation. Okay. And some are taking the obsession a stage further. Two tech billionaires have gone so far as to secretly engage scientists to work okay. out breaking us out of the simulation. We talked about fucking Elon Musk last week. Exactly. And there was nothing online about nothing Elon Musk. Online. Musk is trying to break us out of the matrix. The Mustrix. Hillary Clinton is actually dead. Okay. And was replaced by a body double. Myth Let's be clear. Hillary Clinton did not die from a bout of pneumonia that saw her cancel various parts of her presidential campaign in September 2016. But when an ABC news anchor accidentally mm. said she did die, and you hand a series of blurred photos to the internet's legions of Trump supporters, then you can build a pretty convincing case that a body double has been continuing her campaign ever since. Why? Makes sense. Why? She lost the election. Yes. Why do you need to continue? That's why. Why? Trump to win. <laughs> Stop, it's a, that's creepy. Creepy. Michael Jackson is still alive. Alive. If you ref Stop it. If you refuse to believe... Conspiracy. Stop it. <laughs> You're actually... I'm actually getting a little scared. I've stopped. <laughs> Michael Jackson is still alive. If you refuse to believe that it was the Iranians that killed him... What? <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Ghost voice. Perhaps you'll be convinced that Michael Jackson is actually still alive. Proof? His own daughter, Paris Jackson, took a photo of him. Uh, Seriously. Okay. And there's a photo of Paris Jackson yeah. from Instagram. Describe that. It's Paris Jackson. And then in the seat in behind, oh my God, there's like a pile of clothes or something. <laughs> yeah, literally. That looks more like Johnny Depp is asleep in her back seat than her dad. It feels like Johnny Depp just left his clothes in her back seat. That's what it looks like. They say, what do you mean you don't see him? He's right there in the back, stacked under a pile of clothes, wearing his iconic hat. It's just clothes. Michael Jackson was killed by the Iranian government. Okay. The day the King of Pop died, Twitter broke from the influx of RIP tweets, which knocked hashtag Iran election off Mm. the trending top spot. According to some pundits, this prevented Iranian protesters from using the service to organize protests against President Mohammad Ahmadinejad's, a little shout out to get this, Manipulation of the recent election, effectively killing the movement's momentum. Clearly, Amandina Jacket was responsible. Okay. I believe it. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, we have a Patreon, Tofop. Uh, what is it? Patreon.com slash Tofop? Yeah. Yep. And uh, you can support our uh, podcast there. Yeah. We, our various uh, look, podcasts. We, we, we do have some sponsorship from time to time, some but really, Patreon, is, Patreon is the... That is how we keep the show going. Yeah. It's like, Patreon is that, like, how we can pay the people who keep it going. Yeah. Uh, we can still record it. Yeah. Just nothing will happen after that. You yeah. guys just won't get to hear it. <laughs> like, we can still do our bit of it yeah. without the Patreon funds. It's The Patreon really kicks in post up us uploading it. And we understand that we need to put more on the Patreon, which we yes, are going to do. We are. So uh, we've uh, we've shot some uh, video Q&A stuff today that we're going to upload. We've got some more stuff planned for the future. So we're going to give you a reason to go to the Patreon. I mean, I wish we didn't have to, but we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> we're going to give you a reason. That's the best way to support the show. Um, also, uh, you can go to our website, tofop.com, where you can find uh, this and, and every other podcast. Well, lots we of you, there's a new one with H- Helen Razor, which is up. There's uh, some Fofop episodes. There's our other footy podcast, Two Guys, One Cup. Yeah. And if you don't have money to support the show, you yes. can support us by telling people about it. So you can or find us Or rating it on iTunes on or... Ra- yep. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter. You'll find us there. You can listen to our other podcast, Two Guys, One Cup. Get that up on the charts. There's lots of ways you can support the show. Yeah. Or you could not support it. You could just listen to it and yeah, not you could. support it, I guess. I guess. I mean, I do that with things. I listen to things and not support them. There's a, and I still like them. Sometimes you just don't have time to support everything. There is a meditation podcast I listen okay. to where it's like guided meditations, but it's also just like talks, philosophical talks. And I listen to it a lot. I find it very soothing. Yep. I've really enjoyed it. And they always make this announcement very calm to sort of at the start say like, hey, if you like this and you want to support us, you can go to our website, you know, all donations accepted, whatever. And so I'm like, you know what? I've gotten so much value out of this podcast. I'm going to go there, have my credit card out there. And I went in, but there was some very like minor flaw in the way I put my details in. Like, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that I had to put in. Like you had to, you had to log in first or something. And I was like, (laughs) I mean, you know, I will support it one day. Just, you know, when I got more time to log in my details yeah so I mean it doesn't mean that you don't like the podcast if you're not supporting it I get it and maybe you're just making a value judgment maybe you're like I like it but you know these guys are fine well someone made a point they said look I want to support the show but I'd like to sort of get something back can you put some more merch out there you know because I'll you know I'll 
yeah. money. Hopefully that will get to you. So look, we are going to do some stuff. Yeah, we understand. We understand. We're gonna we're gonna serve all your needs. And you know, if nothing else, this this conversation might not have got us any more subscribers, Charlie. Yeah. But it's made me think about what I consume for free <laughs> that I probably should support. So if nothing else, a few other people are going to get some subscriptions. I think we've all learned a lesson today, Will. Yeah, I mean, I listen to this podcast. I'll give it a shout out. It's called the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. That's Stuart Goldsmith, who's been on uh, yeah, our live uh, one at live the LA Podca yeah. Podcast Festival. And I went through a period uh, earlier this year uh, where I consume probably 60 or 70 episodes in a row and he literally says on that like because he's quite good at doing plugs and he has mm. like he breaks up the podcast he comes back in the middle and does like a plug and kind of directs you to it and there was one where he just said and maybe you're in the industry and you've listened to heaps of this podcast as a real insight then maybe you'll throw me a couple of dollars and i was like i should really throw him a couple of dollars <laughs> He's absolutely right. And I've done nothing about it. So I hope this plug suffices. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.